Ad te levavi, the first Sunday in Advent, November 29th, 2020. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Store up your power, O Lord, and come, that by your protection we may be rescued from the threatening perils of our sins and saved by your mighty deliverance. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for Ad Te Levavi is from the prophet Jeremiah, the 25th chapter. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In his days Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name by which he will be called, the Lord our righteousness. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that they shall no longer say, as the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt, but as the Lord lives who brought up and led the descendants of the house of Israel from the north country and from all the countries where I have driven them, and they shall dwell in their own land. This is the word of the Lord. Let no one who waits on you be ashamed, O Lord. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. The epistle is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, the 13th chapter. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet, and if there is any other commandment, are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 21st chapter. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied 
and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! This is the Gospel of the Lord. We confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Savior of the nations, come. Virgin Son, make here your home. Marvel now, O heaven and earth, that the Lord chose such a birth. Not by human flesh and blood, by the Spirit of our God, was the Word of God made flesh, Woman's offspring pure and fresh. Here a maid was found with child, Yet remained 
a virgin mild, in her womb this truth was shown. God was there upon his throne. Then stepped forth the Lord of all from his pure and kingly hall, God of God, yet fully man, his heroic course began. God the Father was his source, back to God he ran his course, into hell his road went down, back then to his throne and crown. For you are the Father's Son, who in flesh the victory won, by your mighty power may call all our ills of flesh and soul. From the manger newborn light shines in glory through the night. Darkness here no more resides. In this light faith now abides. Glory to the Father sing, Glory to the Son, our King, Glory to the Spirit be, Now and through eternity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. This is the word of the Lord. When fishes flew and forests walked, and figs grew upon thorn, some moment when the moon was blood, then surely I was born. With monstrous head and sickening cry, and ears like errant wings, the devil's walking parody on all four-footed things. The tattered outlaw of the earth, of ancient crooked will, starve, scourge, deride me, I am dumb, I keep my secret still. Fools, for I also had my hour, one far fierce hour and sweet, 
There was a shout about my ears and palms before my feet. The patriarch Joseph speaks with divine wisdom when he says to his repentant brothers, You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, in order to bring it about as it is this day, to save many people alive. G.K. Chesterton echoes this sentiment in his poem, The Donkey. It is a dumb beast. It is a gangling parody of every other beast in creation. It alone, above any other beast, is abused, starved, scourged, and derided. Perhaps it is the devil's large-eared parody of other, more beautiful beasts. Yet what man, what Satan, what earthly wisdom mean for evil, for shame and for scorn, God means for good. The donkey is from creation the beast of burden. It does not need to be beautiful. It does not need to be intelligent. It only needs to be strong and to be determined in order to carry out its intended purpose. When Abraham left his homeland to follow the bidding of the Lord, he placed his goods upon donkeys. When he departed from Mount Moriah to sacrifice his son, it was the donkey that saddled the weight of equipment. It was the donkey that gathered grain from Egypt for the house of Jacob that his people might eat and be full in time of famine. It was the donkey who bore the wife and child of Moses as they journeyed to Egypt to perform the Lord's work of freedom. It was the donkey that brought bread and wine to David and his people as they battled against the wickedness of Nabal. It was the donkey who suffered abuse of body and will as it protected the mercenary prophet Balaam from the flaming wrath of God along the narrow path. It was the humble donkey that delivered the Christ to be crucified. Worthy of mockery, well, it may be. Worthy to be forgotten, indeed it is. But no man can deny the proclamation of the gospel that is this biblical beast's existence. For it is not just any beast of burden. It is the Christological beast of burden. There is no mistake in translation when St. Matthew quotes the prophet Zechariah. There is no great war horse to announce with pomp and with triumph the delivery of the new king. There is humility and burden-bearing because this beast is more than a mere delivery vessel. It is a living, walking, breathing icon that does what it is called to do and in so doing proclaims what Christ himself will do, a Christological beast of burden. 
Christ was the content of that word given to Abraham, in which he then believed. Abraham's belief was on Christ, even as his goods were laden upon the donkey. Christ's entry into Jerusalem is the same journey of sacrifice to the same temple mount as his ancient father and son, Abraham. He rides to that altar upon the only beast fitting for the occasion. As Moses journeyed to preach a message of freedom to those in bondage, so comes Christ into Jerusalem upon a donkey to make good the freedom in light from the bondage of sin's dreadful night. The eternal word of God made flesh comes to feed his dear children, not with bread alone, but with his own flesh and blood in earthly elements. It is the donkey that delivers this holy food to the children of God, even as they starve in a famine of sin and death. As the wrath of God looms over sinful man, unable to desist in its endeavor to consume sin and unrighteousness, Christ rides as mediator upon a donkey to stop the consummation of man. The donkey is the Christological beast of burden in Jerusalem, proclaiming who this great king is and what he has come to do. The donkey is a beast of no beauty, but neither is the beast who rides upon it. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. The donkey is a servant animal, bearing each load in meekness and servitude, just as does the heavenly beast of burden. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. These two beasts even lay together as brothers, one in his home, the other newly birthed in a home where no other room was fitting. The flesh of man lost and condemned was fitting. The company of rejected beasts was fitting. You see, even the donkey is not the point. Palm branches are not the point. A mere beast is not the point. Praise and adoration are not the goals. The point of everything is the incarnation because the incarnation is the link to the atonement. The donkey proclaims, but it is not that which it speaks. The palms proclaim, but they are not the thing. The beast as icon proclaims, but it is not the person. Christ proclaims as the Word, a Word above words, eternally proclaiming the grace and promises of God. Christ is what he speaks, mercy, peace, and goodwill toward man, the mediator, 
salvation. Christ is the person, man and God, united in flesh, that man and God might be reunited in flesh and communion restored. Emmanuel, God with us. The donkey proclaims the purpose and the means, but even that beautiful image cannot encompass the full gravity of Christ's incarnation, nor, indeed, can it depict the harsh reality of the purpose and the means. As in Lent, the triumphal entry is a somber reminder of the unbroken link between the incarnation and the atonement. One cannot take place without the other. Christ is incarnate to die, and Christ's death is atonement because Christ is incarnate. Advent looks to this incarnate Christ who dwells in virgin womb, a fulfillment of every icon, prophecy, and type in Scripture, because he is the Word. See him ride, the beast upon a beast. He comes riding into creation on the breath of the Spirit by the will of God, delivered by angelic herald to virgin maid. He comes the Savior of the nations. He comes to trample death and hell beneath his feet as the palms that give way beneath the hooves of his lowly mount. He comes the promised king of old, a branch of righteousness born of kingly line, to rule by becoming his subjects, and to lord by becoming the lowest and most despised beast of burden. Fools, for I also had my hour, one fierce and bitter hour, where suffering stung, malice and wrath, but I brought life amidst death most dour. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, in order to bring it about as it is this day, to save many people alive. Thus the Spirit and the Church cry out, Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in our Lord Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For hope in the Lord's return and encouragement in the same. For readiness, watchfulness, and diligence in the vigil of the midnight hour. For the swift coming of Christ and for hearts prepared worthily to receive their King. Let us pray to the Lord. For the Holy Church throughout the world, for the faithful proclamation of the gospel of Christ, for the strength and resoluteness of all pastors and bishops to stand firm in their duties even amidst distress and opposition and faithfulness to their callings, for right administration of the holy sacraments and a proper love of them, and for the resilience of faith and piety, let us pray to the Lord. For all seminaries throughout the world, for all seminarians and for those who desire to enter the office of the holy ministry, for faithful and mighty men of valor to learn and to teach within the church, and for an increase in laborers to send forth into the harvest, let us pray to the Lord. 
for defense against all snares, evils, and persecutions, for steadfastness even against the current of the age, for peace and unity within the cloven body, for a healing of all schisms, for right and continued catechesis, and that the church would live in a spirit of love and charity. Let us pray to the Lord. For our nation and its people, for just and noble rulers, for Donald, our president, Michael, our governor, and all others in positions of authority, for wisdom and integrity, for the protection of all who serve to defend the nation and her laws, for an end to all unrest, disobedience, and violence, for the reign of truth and justice, for the just punishment of evil, for repentance, and that all would heed the call of the Lord. Let us pray to the Lord. For all households, that they may be the most precious earthly treasure, for faithful fathers and caring mothers, for honorable and obedient children, for the comfort to the barren and the childless, for the right and noble upbringing of the youth, and for strength of faith and devotion within each home. Let us pray to the Lord. For the protection of all who are in danger, for all the persecuted and martyred, especially for the Christians of Nigeria, Ethiopia, France, China, and Uganda, for defense against all calamity by fire and water, earthquake and tempest, and for preservation against all assaults and adversities of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. For the poor and the destitute, for the homeless and the unemployed, for the wayward and the misguided, for comfort to the distraught, the hopeless, and the depressed, for the forsaken and abandoned, for the distressed and sorrowful, and for the care and preservation of all people in all lands, let us pray to the Lord. For an end to disease and pandemic, for all who worthily serve in fields of science and medicine, and all others who seek to care for the ill, for the homebound and infirm, for the sick and distressed, especially Cindy, Gordon, Sandra, Shelley, Ramona, Randy, Courtney, Creed, Roger, J.M., Jim, Don, Riley, Evan, Jane, and Russell. For peace and comfort to those near death and for all who mourn, especially the families of Jim and Bernie, let us pray to the Lord. O Almighty God, Heavenly Father, you sent forth your Son into our flesh in a condescension of your grace and mercy and in faithfulness to your promises. May we await his coming with eager expectation and hearts swept clean from sin and guilt. May we receive him with joy even now as he feeds us with his very body and blood in the mystery of the Most Holy Eucharist 
Let our hearts awaken and burn within us at his presence as he grants nourishment to the bodies and souls of his blessed people unto life everlasting. Through this same Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. 